The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Mike Evans is on the rise in average draft position. DeAndre Swift moving down. Mark Andrews moving down six spots in the latest ADP. What's that all about? Plus big moves in ADP for Logan Thomas, for Trevor Lawrence. We will talk about that on today's show. We will also tell you another way to get into a podcast league and about the Fantasy Football Today Open, which is something that's really, really awesome and going to be in its second year. I am Adam Azer. Hello, Jamie Eisenberg. Hello, Adam Azer. Hello, sir. Hello, Chris Towers. Hello, Adam. Hey, man. Hey, he's Cummings. Hi, Adam. Hey, okay. That's the cast of characters on today's show. <laughs> Going to try to read your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And by the way, uh, you like you guys like poker? Yeah. Yeah. I like losing. Well, there are no losers in this poker tournament. We'll tell you about it. It is for charity. It is for St. Jude. You have an opportunity to get in. Uh, much more information coming up in a little bit. And I plan on reading a few podcast league entries as well as I have made my selections for the Monday night draft, but we also have the For the People League, so there are some more spots available. Is that Who, this Monday? Yeah, coming up. Monday night, 8 p.m. All right, the biggest ADP riser that we haven't talked about lately. Okay, I'm not going to make this another James Robinson segment. Uh, the biggest ADP riser that we haven't talked about lately is Logan Thomas. Uh, Dave did talk about him. I don't remember what show it was on, uh, but he said that Thomas is his tight end seven now. But he is now up 24 spots to 103rd overall. Same ADP as Tyler Higby. So they're about tight. They're tied as tight end nine, tight end 10. Uh, behind Noah Fant, behind Dallas Goddard, ahead of Robert Tunyon, ahead of Herb Smith. Jamie, do you get it? Do you understand why Logan Thomas is now moving up to around pick 100? Yeah, he's my number seven tight end in, uh, in in PPR as well. Um, you know, you just look at that group of guys and, uh, you know, Fant, Smith, uh, Higby. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of the other guys that are in that range. Uh, Gasecki. Uh, is you know, Goddard, Thomas is, great is Goddard still there for you, by the way? Goddard, no. Because uh, it's, it's hard to trust him. Okay. Um, while Ertz is there. Uh, you look at, you know, the way Fitzpatrick has has looked for him in, in the preseason. Um, the training camp reports have been positive. Uh, Curtis Samuel's not been on the field. So, you know, Thomas could easily be the second best pass catcher in this offense. And, uh, you know, we saw Fitzpatrick do some nice things with with Mike Gusecki over the last couple of years as well. So um, it's it's a messy group. But, you know, you have at least a, a strong finish for Thomas last year and, and a guy who uh, maybe just, you know, took a little while to come into his own at the position. So um, I'll, I'll buy in for sure. Anybody not buying in? I, I struggle with it um, just because so much of his success last year was volume driven. You know, he, like, he wasn't particularly efficient. Um, 
you know, 65% catch rate on a relatively low A dot isn't great. 10 yards per target or 9.3 yards per reception, excuse me. Um, and they threw the ball 601 times. I don't think they're going to have that much volume, uh, at, you know, this season, especially if the defense takes that step forward. But he is my tight end eight. So, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with him moving up. Um, Who did you say was directly ahead of him? He was he was way too low. Directly ahead of him was still Fant and Goddard. Fant should be ahead of him, but he should be ahead of Goddard at this point. And and, and I think he's a little ahead of – I think there's a little distance between him and Higby for me too. All right. Do we think that – it's funny to ask this about uh, Logan Thomas since he was a top five tight end last year, but do we think he has, you know, in a good year, top five upside, or is he kind of more of a safe – fallback option i think he had like i don't in a good year is pretty relative because there's been a lot of years where the number five tight end at the end of the year was just pretty close to number eight or nine so i think he definitely has top five upside yeah um but i don't think he has like if if mark andrews has a regular mark andrews year i don't think logan thomas probably has the upside to be better than mark andrews so I wrote about, you know, I, I know you guys did the league winners pod earlier this week. I wrote about that for the FFT newsletter today. And I kind of set the bar for like a league winner or difference maker, whatever you want to call it, at like 15 points per game for tight end. Um, I think it would be really hard for him to get there. But there's only like five tight ends who I think might have the chance to get there anyway, maybe six. Okay, how like about the- everyone else on Washington, it would be better if J.D. McKissick would just go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about the biggest ADP faller that we haven't talked about lately? At least not in depth. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is down 15 spots. He's QB 14. I think he was ahead of Burrow earlier. Now he's behind Joe Burrow. He's still a pretty good distance before Kirk Cousins at QB 15. But I'll go to you again, Jamie, first. The QB 14 now for Trevor Lawrence, 110th overall. So this is behind Jalen Hurts. This is behind Joe Burrow. And into that range where people aren't really that excited as a week one starter. You know, Fields and Lance are a different story. But where do you think Trevor Lawrence belongs? I think you get past the starting group and then you get to the three rookies. And, and you know, you're looking for upside. You know, so uh, we've had a lot of these conversations on, on the show on HQ about, you know, what do you do in a one-quarterback league versus a two-quarterback league? Because in a two-quarterback league, it's hard to trust, let's say, Lance and Fields because you don't know when exactly they're going to start. You know, you, you want to draft those guys as high upside type of, you know, number three quarterbacks uh, more so than number two quarterbacks because you're banking on potential, but you can't bank on them to help you in week one. Um, with Lawrence, you know he's going to start week one, but does he look more like he's looked in the preseason or does he look more like the guy at Clemson? And, you know, again, he played the last game against the Saints without three-fifths of his offensive line. He's been playing without DJ Chark. Uh, Marvin Jones is banged up, you know, with the shoulder injury. So uh, I think you just have to hope that, um, you know, all of these things come together for him. Uh, and, and factoring doesn't have Travis Etienne as well. That all these things come together for him come week one and he looks fantastic. Now, the thing I think is going to be misleading about Trevor Lawrence is he's probably going to go undrafted in some shallower leagues. He's probably going to be a guy that, you know, is uh, you're not expecting much from, and he's going to look great in week one against the Texans. And so you're going to get people that are probably going to get a little overreacting, uh, do some overreacting with Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's not going to be Justin Herbert. At least I don't expect that to happen because that was just such a phenomenal rookie season. But he could be similar to Joe Burrow, where there will be some very good moments and, and maybe a lot of volume because of how they're chasing points. 
And so he could be a borderline starter by the end of the season. So I think he's he's well within the range of where he should go. One of the first backup quarterbacks to, to come off the board. Uh, better in in one quarterback. I'm sorry, better in, in in the one quarterback, two quarterback leagues, you know, overall than the other two rookies just because he's going to play right away. And I think like one other thing, when you look at CBS ADP, amongst the top 16 or 17 quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford is the only ADP riser, and he's up one spot. All of them, except for Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray, are falling. Yeah, but Lawrence was obviously falling farther. But I did notice that. And we love that, right? We love all those down arrows next to the quarterbacks. That's <laughs> yeah, the way I mean, it should be. I think um, Andrew Luck's rookie season might be a, a pretty decent um, expectation. I don't think Lawrence is going to throw the ball 630 times, but... Uh, you know, Luck averaged 20, 20.7 uh, points per game and a six point per passing touchdown league. And that was with, you know, 18 touchdowns and not being as effective as, as a runner as he was later on in his career. You know, that's an underrated thing about Lawrence's game is his, his athleticism. So, you know, I, I do think like if you end up with him as your starter and you waited, I think he'll be fine. Andrew Luck was QB. Let me just double check here. I think he was QB eight. No, QB ten. As that was a rookie. That twenty uh, twenty twelve. Okay, so that was twenty eleven. Was the historic season for quarterbacks where everybody was great, just like last year. QB ten for or for Luck. QB eleven per game. Uh, we will take that. Okay, so. Those are some of the biggest rank ADP risers and fallers. Now I'm going to tell you about our poker tournament. All right. So listen, this is awesome. It's 300. We got 300 spots available. It's the same night as the podcast league draft. It's Monday night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we are going to be hanging out with all of you on the Zoom. It's all done through Zoom through Faded Spade. We're going to be hanging out with you. We'll, we'll pop into your private tables and we'll say hello and all that. But Really, what you're doing here is you're you're donating money to St. Jude. So this is amazing. So I'll tell you all the details specifically later when I bring on Tom Wheaton of Faded Spade. But starts out at hundred dollars to buy in. If you win the tournament, you are in the For the People Podcast League. Heath, you and I are gonna have to talk about when that draft is gonna be. But uh, we'll figure that out. Um, it might be a week after that. It might be the the last Monday before the season starts. But you're in the podcast league. Uh, the top ten finishers. Also get a prize, which I'll tell you about later on in the show, but I'm not going to ruin all that content because I have an interview to play for you in just a little bit. Now, the Fantasy Football Today Open was inspired by the Scott Fish Bowl. One of our listeners, Casey Simons, put it all together last year. A few hundred, uh, I don't know exactly how many, maybe it was around 200 people, all competing in a Scott Fish Bowl type of league. There is a Facebook post about it. Uh, this, there should be by Friday, uh, but... Casey's going to organize it, and it's going to be great. And if you want to be in that, really fun. And Casey gives weekly updates. Like he's just the, he's the commit the best commissioner behind me, the best commissioner uh, in the world of fantasy football. So that's the fantasy football today. Open check our Facebook page. I'll see if I can throw a link to that one in the episode description as well. Okay, guys, uh, here are your news and notes. Mac Jones reportedly had a very good practice on Wednesday with Cam Newton out. I mean, a lot of raving about how good Mac Jones looked here. So, guys, who are you? If you were drafting today, would you draft Cam Newton or Mac Jones or neither or both? Heath, what would you do? 
It's Cam Newton if you're drafting one of them. I mean, if it's a one-quarterback league, it's it's quite possible neither of them is drafted. But if Cam Newton starts, there's a lot more hope that he is a top-12 fantasy quarterback than there is for Mac Jones because we don't really expect Mac Jones to do much with his legs. And I still think this will be, even with Mac Jones wins the job, a pretty run-heavy offense. So if I'm drafting one, it's Cam Newton. It's uh, good, good timing here because a tweet that just crossed my timeline, quote, Today wasn't as good. I can just control my effort every day. Mac Jones acknowledged his struggles during Thursday's practice. Mm, that sounds so like apparently what, Thursday wasn't quite as good. <laughs> that quote sounds kind of like Daniel Jones the previous day, which apparently I, I think there wasn't might have been an interception on his first two passes of the day today. I think that's what I saw. Giants DST. Um, There's a joint practice, does, everybody, between the two it, teams. It does seem like the way the Patriots were approaching this is they're going to start Cam Newton unless he gives them a reason not to. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if this COVID thing was enough of a reason, but you know, that's, that's kind of, and it's either Newton or nobody in a one QB league for me. And Bill Belichick said today that Newton didn't break any team rules. So I don't, yes. I don't know what to make of all that either. <laughs> all right. Uh, more news items here. Kenneth Gainwell has been working in the Philadelphia two minute drill. So Jamie, that's more, Bad news. Is is that more bad news? You take this seriously for Miles Sanders? Well, Adam, the clock is ticking on Miles Sanders. Um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 tough to trust him as a uh, high end number two running back. You know, I think where he's going is is probably even a little too high. You know, in the fourth round range, um, it's not just going to be the the passing downs work or the you know uh, hurry up offense that they're going to use game all in. We're going to see Boston Scott worked in. We're going to see maybe Jordan Howard worked in. Um, I don't think they're uh, tied to saying Miles Sanders is our featured guy and Jalen Hurts, you know, is going to run a little bit too. So um, I think you settle for Sanders. You don't target Sanders, you know, so depending on how you build your team, uh, if I get him around five, I'd be thrilled about that. But round four is is probably something to stay away from. Gainwell is uh, uh, probably a poor man's version of James White and Giovanni Bernard and, and J.D. McKissick and those pass catching, you know, running backs that we uh, that we like in PPR. Would you guys rather have Miles Sanders or Daryl Henderson? Sanders. Man, it's close. Do we think that Sonny Michelle really might be the best back there if they're both healthy? Does anybody think that with the Rams? I don't, but I, I see a lot of people that do. I think it's possible. I don't think it's very likely. I think it's more likely that Sonny Michelle is the best back than it is that Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott is the best back. Yeah, I, I think you uh, see a situation where Henderson gets hurt and Michelle comes in and takes over and then doesn't lose the job. Yeah, I mean... A lot of what the Rams have told us through their actions since drafting Daryl Henderson tells us that they don't really like him all that much, I feel like. Yeah. Going going and getting Cam Akers literally the next year, uh, you know, barely using him even before Cam Akers, or not barely using him. He was, you know, kind of the lead back, but never giving him lead back treatment even before Cam Akers broke out. I just, they seem pretty frustrated with the injuries too, so. I think there's a chance Sonny Michelle is the the best running back there. All right, Connor Hughes of The Athletic expects the Jets to use three running backs, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, and Michael Carter. That's what they've been doing in the preseason. Sucks. And even the Michael Pirine sounds like he's going to be the goal line back. Or well, he got least. hurt, so we'll see how healthy he is. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, but but this is, again, we think that Carter can eventually rise, right, here? Yeah, it's not the question. Why would they do this is, all year? Can I don't I don't really believe that Carter can rise into a, a workhorse role, no. 
I don't think they want that, and he's never done it. Okay. Well, they should, well, they should want it. Really agree with that. They I, should I think want he, it. He could, he could rise into that role knowing that Tevin Coleman's injury history is what it is, and Ty Johnson, I think, is just a guy. Now, they, they both have to probably be absent for that to happen. You know, I don't think he's going to, you know, to your point, he, I don't think he's going to kick those guys off the field completely if they're all healthy. But again, you know, like the the Ram situation, if if one of the two of them get hurt, Carter is the more talented of the three right now. You know, Coleman, I think, has lost a step because of the injuries. Uh, Ty Johnson, I don't know exactly what, you know, where his ceiling is, but I don't think it's as high as Michael Carter's. And, you know, you have to rely on on uh, the people who know this as well as anybody. Emory Hunt said this was his favorite running back coming into the draft. You know, so Michael Carter, I still think, has a world of talent in front of him and hopefully a world of opportunity also. Aaron Reese of The Athletic says Deshaun Watson could be a healthy scratch this season. Ryan Tannehill is on the reserve COVID list, but he will miss five to ten days, so you don't have to worry about him for the regular season. Austin Eckler, here's another reason to draft Austin Eckler. If you like signed jerseys, every week, if you draft Austin Eckler, start him, and win your weekly matchup, and I think you have to send him a screenshot, he will pick a few winners to uh, win an autographed jersey. So thank you for embracing fantasy football, Austin Eckler. We love that. We also love to see Saquon Barkley practicing. Yeah, there it is. Look at that on YouTube. Austin Eckler really wants to be on your fantasy team. It's going to be a lot of signed jerseys. Probably. Uh, Saquon Barkley is practicing. Per week, right? I, I think it was more it than for that. every single person who wins with him in the lineup. Let's I don't see. believe that's the uh, thing. Winners will be chosen. Oh, thanks, Schrager. Leave me out to dry there. I'm reading the damn thing <laughs> and you get rid of it. Saquon Barkley practiced non-contact jersey. No, you know what, Tracker? I don't care. Take it down. We're, we've moved. Winners will be chosen each week and sent a signed jersey. Dang, I tried to get it off before you saw it again. <laughs> and so Barkley practiced, but still no contact, which I think like people should really think about wearing the red jersey during regular season games. It would be a big advantage. And Giants cornerback Adoree Jackson hurt his ankle, but he could be ready for week one. Big offseason acquisition for them. They have Denver in week one. All right, let's hear from Tom. Good bit, Adam. What's that? That was a good bit. I appreciate it. What was? Yeah, I thought it was too. A red jersey bit. Oh, thank just you. Wanted thank to, you. Just want to acknowledge it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I know you need to feel seen. I was just thinking, like, he must be awesome out there. He gets the ball. Nobody's allowed to touch him. Um, all right, let's talk about poker here. Let's tell you how you can get in this tournament, how you can get into the podcast league, how you can hear me say the word tournament over and over and over again. Uh, so, Ben, roll the tape. Well, if you love poker and you love charity, we have the great, perfect combination of the two. And we are joined by the great Tom Wheaton of Faded Spade. Tom, welcome. How you doing? Adam, what's up, man? You said it perfectly, my man. This is poker and fantasy football and philanthropy all coming together through Faded Spade Virtual Poker to raise funds for St. Jude. Yes, and you guys do a lot of charity events, and we'll talk about that. But I want to give the details here. It's Monday, August 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to play some poker... Uh, and donate to a great cause Monday, August 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern. We only have 300 spots available. I mean, that's a lot, but they'll fill up. So don't waste too much time. Uh, it's a virtual poker tournament supporting St. Jude. And you can hang out with the Fantasy Football Today experts as well. We'll be popping in and saying hello to everybody while you play your poker. Uh, Tom's going to give all the details, but what you need to do to sign up is go to stjude.org slash draftathon. stjude.org slash draftathon. That's S-T. Jude.org slash draftathon. And we'll also put the link in the episode description. Okay, Tom, take it away. What do the people need to know? You got it, man. We've got a great structure for this event, right? And there's going to be three different kind of donation options for you. So in that link in the description, 
right? And stjude.org slash draftathon. Three options. $100 donation is going to get you a 5K starting stack, right? And there's going to be plenty of play. But if you really want to compete and try to win some of, some of these prizes that Adam's going to talk about, a $200 donation is going to get you that 5K starting stack plus another 5K for a total of 10K. And then the $300 donation to St. Jude is going to get you that 5K starting stack plus an additional 10K add-on. So we want to raise money for St. Jude. The more chips you have, the better shot you have to actually win some great prizes. And the big prize is a spot in the podcast league. Now, not the OG original podcast league, but the four of the people podcast league, 10 teams, super flex. We still have a spot available. Whoever wins the grand prize, the wins this tournament gets in the podcast league. The top 10 finishers get a private 15 minute zoom call with an FFT analyst. Uh, by the way, the registration and the Zoom instructions will be emailed the day of the tournament, which again is Monday, August 30th at 7 p.m. So if you win the whole thing, you're in the, the uh, For the People podcast league. If you finish in the top 10, you get a 15-minute Zoom call with a fantasy football today analyst. And Tom, you you organize a lot of charity virtual poker tournaments. So tell us about that and what people can expect. Man, this was a great pivot for our Faded Spade business, usually known as the preferred poker playing cards of the World Poker Tour and the poker industry. But we pivoted to virtual poker, and in the last year, we've helped over 70 organizations raise over $5 million for their causes, right? So now we've got this really awesome partnership between CBS Fantasy Football Today and Faded Spade, bringing poker and fantasy football and philanthropy all together to support St. Jude. Man, poker is not a zero-sum game when it's for philanthropy, and uh, everybody wins in this situation. Well, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. We will see you on Monday. All right. Good stuff. Thank you so much to Tom Whedon. Again, I have the draft. Uh, I have the link for you in the episode description. So thanks again to Tom and all of you who are going to participate. This is just uh, an absolutely amazing opportunity, and we're going to raise a ton of money. It's going to be great. It's all for St. Jude. So let's do uh, ADP risers and fallers here. We look at Mike Evans and Cooper Cup. They have the same ADP, about 48th overall. This is all on CBS. Mike Evans is up 10 spots. Cooper Cup is up five or six spots. But I thought that was interesting that Mike Evans is a riser. There, I don't know that there's necessarily a rhyme or reason for it. But would you guys be happy with Evans and Cup at the end of round four in a 12-team league, 48th overall? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, format matters. Um, you know, so both these guys, I think, are slightly better in non-PPR than PPR. You know, Cup is probably the same in both formats. Evans is, you know, the touchdowns are going to be so huge for him. Uh, the only thing I don't like is some of the receivers going behind Mike Evans, you know, based on the ADP. I think Cup's in, you know, fine range, you know, right after his teammate and Robert Woods. Um, you know, you can argue Cooper Cooper Cup versus Amari Cooper. But Evans going ahead of Lockett, I'd rather have Lockett. He's going ahead of Godwin. I think Godwin's better. I'll take DJ Moore for sure in, in PPR, you know. So um, I like Evans better in round five, you know, even though he's towing the line. But, uh, you know, I, I think what happens in drafts um, is you get panicked a little bit especially doing drafts with non-fantasy analysts uh, a few times over the last week or so, and they go with names that they know. And obviously Mike Evans has been productive and is a name most fantasy managers are well aware of. Yeah, yeah I, wide receiver 16 is a little pricey. I was going to say, I like Cup at the end of round three. I don't really like Evans till the end of round five. Um, this is right in the middle. But I was just doing uh, work for Adam. <laughs> and um, this is the best value you're going to find for Mike Evans. He has a round three ADP in both ESPN and Yahoo. 
So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, we, our, our maybe it's just rising to meet everyone else, but I, it's a little bit higher than I want to take Evans. But this is something I see a lot of when I share teams too. People see Robert Woods or Tyler Lockett on my team and they really don't like it. But I asked them if it said Mike Evans as the number two wide receiver and they say they would love it. So I think it's just that we are lower on Evans relative to these other wide receivers. What do you make of, I always talk about the last seven regular season, well, the first seven games with Antonio Brown, right? That was when all three of them were healthy. In the eighth regular season game, Mike Evans left with an injury. In those seven games, Evans was by far the best, and he was number five in non-PPR, number seven PPR overall at wide receiver. Um, He was on pace for 85 catches, 1,342 yards, 14 touchdowns on 135 targets. Uh, it's so weird because that that's the most favorable split for Evans. Before Antonio Brown, when Chris Godwin played, Evans had three targets per game. And then in the playoffs, uh, yeah. in the playoffs, Godwin had the most targets. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I think yeah, you, you've got to include the playoffs there. Like any game that they all played, given that the sample size is so small in the regular season, you, you've got to include the playoffs. Was he healthy? Well. That's the only thing. Was he healthy? Because remember, he leaves week 17. They didn't have a bye. You know, was he healthy early in the season when he was struggling? Because remember, he had that that hamstring issue that cropped up several times early on. So it's like, yeah, I know you can do that either way. But at some point, you're you're chopping these sample sizes up too small to like really get anything meaningful from them. Um, I I think you just kind of want to look at it in totality because guess what? There's probably going to be a stretch this season where Mike Evans is playing through something. <laughs> well, it's you also know. you know you go what Tom Brady said that they didn't really start to feel comfortable with the offense till the end of the year. And you know how much of that carries over to the off season to the start of this year. The thing that I, I fear about downgrading the bucks guys is the narrative, which I think is a pretty strong one of Brady wanting to break the passing record in Foxborough. And he needs to average what it's like 300 something yards per game. I, sh- I should probably know that number because I keep referencing it, but he needs to average whatever it is going into that game to, to break Breeze's record, which knowing Tom Brady, as, as well as I think we do, you <laughs> know, something I think he's going to want to do, you know, to have that moment. And so who's going to benefit? Is it going to be one guy standing out significantly above the rest, or is it going to be all of them, you know, benefiting across the board? And there are a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. So I think there could be some, some pretty significant numbers and performances early in the season. Um, will Evans be the one that benefits from that the most? Maybe, but uh, I, I think, you know, again, the, the cost here on our site is fantastic. Um, when you compare it to where you're getting him in other places. All right. Tom Brady has 79,204 yards. Drew Brees has 80,358 yards. So what week is he playing the Patriots? Is it their fourth game or their third? I think it's the fourth. Oh, well, that that won't be a problem then. So what it was like 1,100 yards or so? So yeah, if he, I mean, if he's throwing for two eighty, what what do we got? How much does he need? <laughs> Anybody doing this math? Chris, I felt like you were doing the math. Oh no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I was looking for something else entirely. I'm waiting for you to do it. Well, I mean, I'm saying. Well, you were actively right, doing about the math. 11, Why about would 1100, I double check? About eleven hundred yards that he needs, and the Patriots game is the fourth game of the year. So I don't, I don't think he needs. He doesn't actually have to go off. And he's got Dallas and Atlanta to start, or, or no? Who does he have? Hmm. 
All right, this is a great Roethlisberger segment. Roethlisberger going to pass Dan Marino this season. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Mike Davis, up five spots to fifty-first overall. Well, the guy right in front of Mike Davis is Travis Etienne. I would rather have Davis at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you still have Jacobs and Sanders ahead of Davis. You have Henderson on his heels, but that you know that's hard to know his true ADP. Gaskin behind Mike Davis. He, I think it's been a good. He hasn't really played. And it's been a good. He hasn't played, and it's been a good uh, off season, I guess, or preseason for Mike I Davis. I think the biggest thing that a lot of people said in arguing against Mike Davis for the past four months since the draft is, yeah, they didn't draft anybody, but I, there's there's so many be- veterans out there. They're going to bring somebody in. So they're going to bring some, and it's still like we just saw it with Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson. It's still possible. He's not out of the woods yet, but I think he's just people are realizing that currently the second best running back is either Kadri Allison, who couldn't beat out Brian Hill or Ido Smith the last two years, or Cordero Patterson, who's actually just a returner, or Caleb Huntley, who... The the one thing I would say to that is Mike Davis has a very long history in the NFL of not beating out some pretty crappy running backs, too. Like who? I mean, he's been a starter for... 14 games well but in he his was, whole career he was the backup to christian mccaffrey and right he was David the backup Montgomery. to christian mccaffrey he was the back no he got cut by the bears didn't he he wasn't the backup i think to the David second Montgomery. year he got cut he was the originally the backup to montgomery right? i think he was kind of the starter no, he was I, he technically was the start argument that kadri allison or cordero patterson might be better than mike davis Oh, I, I think it's entirely it. possible. All right, all right, so so uh, are you taking him over? Are you taking Mike Davis over Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs? I'm not yet, but I'm I'm not too far behind it. I am. Um, you are, Jamie. Yeah. Okay. All right. So listen, I did some math all in my head, not on my phone. Tom Brady needs to average in his first four games. Four week four is at three New games, England. Three games. Oh well, no, but I'm saying what he has to average in the first. Oh, four. break it. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So week four is New England. He has to average 288.5 uh, per game to break it in New England. Now the first two games are against Dallas and Atlanta, so that's the about third one's not so easy. That's 800 yards. The Rams is probably 200 yards, so he'll he'll need about 200 now. All right, yeah, he can do it. He can do. It. I but think he he's going also to go for 400 against the Patriots if he if he really wants to try. <laughs> I think he's going to break it that that game. Yeah, it's set up nicely for him. All right, next up, moving up the rankings. Uh, so let's just talk about Daryl Henderson. He's right behind Mike Davis. Where, where should he be right now, given what we just talked about, Jamie, with uh, Sony Michelle? Where should Henderson be? Uh, right after those guys. You know, I, I think he has just as much upside as them still, but clearly the ceiling is now capped if Sony Michelle is healthy. So um the reason that i loved henderson was because i didn't really trust the backups behind him as much as they were talking up xavier jones and maybe jake funk looked okay i thought that henderson given the opportunity to be a three down back or as close to a three down back as maybe the rams have had since todd Gurley, that this was going to be a fantastic setup for him and so it still very well could be you know sony michelle's got to pick up the playbook and if henderson gets off to a great start he could you know hopefully run away with the job but michelle the the whatever the trade value you want to buy into it for, because the Rams don't really value draft picks. Um, they're bringing in somebody that's got a, a pedigree and a track record. And, you know, you know, people look at Michelle last year and say, okay, he played nine games. He averaged over five yards per carry, nearly six yards per carry, you know, 5.7. Um, 
two consecutive seasons of 900 yards. Uh, the fact that the Patriots were clearly trying to showcase him in a trade by using him in the passing game in the second preseason game against the Eagles, you know, four catches is not something you see from him on a, on a weekly basis, but I don't think he's going to be a horrible pass catcher if they use him in that role. So it's going to be frustrating for Henderson potentially, but I just hope that his talent shines through and this, you know, his, his um, connection, you know, with this team, you know, that he proves that he, you know, the coaching staff that they can tr- trust him in this role. Okay. Let's go to our next guy here. Damian Harris, Chris, he's moving up 10 spots now. 82nd overall for Damian Harris. And we'll take a look at the running backs that are around him. And that would be, he's kind of in a world of his own. Raheem Mostert, Javante Williams, they're around 70th overall. And then you got to wait another round for Damian Harris. Although, so I guess when you look at your at ADP on our site and you see Damian Harris, 82nd overall, but up 10 spots. Well, that might mean he's actually going earlier than that. His current ADP is pulling up his old ADP. Let's say 75th overall or something like that. Do you think that's a decent spot for Damian Harris? Um, I, I'm not particularly. Like, he's RB30. I think that's probably a little too early. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of upside with Damian Harris. Um, you know, he's had a ton of injury concerns since getting into the NFL. And um, I don't know. He, like, I guess if Mac Jones is the starter, he's got a better chance of scoring touchdowns, but I think the offense will be worse. He'll be a less efficient runner if Cam Newton's not there. So I just like, I think there's kind of a lot of weight things working against Harris in a way that like, I kind of feel like his ceiling is like RB 20 in a best case scenario. And I just, there are guys going behind him. I'd rather take the chance on because I, I think, think they have more I, ways for things to go right. I think the ceiling argument's a lot more true in full PPR. Sure. Yes. Yes. This our ADP is a complete blend of non half and full PPR. And so yes. that's where we kind of like running back 30 and non PPR, I think is a great value running back 30 and full PPR is right about where I would take Damian Harris. Okay. How about James? Yeah, I'll, buy, I'll buy this all day. I think Damian Harris is set up for a big season. You know, uh, obviously he's not going to be great in full PPR. So the ceiling is, is correct. You know, uh, maybe he gets to, you know, 17 or 18, um, you know, maybe things go his way. He gets a little higher than that. But they, you know, gave you an indication how much they trust him um, by moving on from a veteran. Obviously, Ramondre Stevenson's performance has helped that as well. But I think you look at this offensive line got dramatically better than what it was a year ago. And so whichever quarterback is there, they're going to be a run-heavy team. You know, and so this is going to, you know, it's not going to be all Cam Newton. So Harris is, is set up for, you know, I, I think a very solid performance and can be in – you know, it's, it's like the sliding scale of the non-pass catching running backs. Derrick Henry's the best. Nick Chubb's probably second best. J.K. Dobbins maybe is the third best. I wouldn't be surprised if Harris is fourth. Okay. How about James Conner? Up seven spots. Not really sure. I mean, the one thing is all of the running back ADP, it's just up, 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 up. Yeah. So not everyone. Leonard Fournette's moving down a little bit. Michael Carter moving down a little bit. David Johnson plummeting, and that makes sense. Is there a reason? I don't really see any reason to be more optimistic about James Conner right now than we have been right. throughout the offseason. Like he's he was able to play in the most recent game, but he played on one of the three drives with the starters. He played all three downs on that drive, but he shared the field with Chase Edmonds on third down. So I don't know. I, I'm starting to think Chase Edmonds is at least going to get a shot to be a legitimate lead back. Um, like two out of every three drives, most third downs kind of uh and I, I think I've moved him up to 22 overall at running back now. 
I'm let's I'm go. I'm buying Chase Evans. Let's go. That would be big for me. That would whoa, be whoa, 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 whoa. You were the James Conner guy. Oh, at, uh, yes, originally. Like three months ago. You can't be celebrating Chase Edmonds. Come on, now I've been you, all about I've been pumping you, up. You can be on board, but you can't be celebrating. Why is that? Because you were you were pumping the horn. Garbage. For, for, I that was after that was, during, that was during free agency. I have been garbage? on Chase. That's garbage. I'm allowed to change my mind. It wasn't last week that no, I changed I'm not my you mind. Can't change your mind, but you can't be celebrating. No, I've been putting like you, you know were all what? in from the beginning. I've been putting my money where my mouth is. I've been well, not my actual money. I've been drafting Chase Edmonds. That's fine. I'm just saying you can't you can't celebrate. I can celebrate. Chase I absolutely are. can celebrate. And you know what, Jamie? You can't be dancing when Chase Edmonds' name is brought up. I I I am in raise the roof territory. I have no regrets. No, I raise no, the roof. No. Adam, I'm fine with it. You can dance if you want to. That, I will leave you Jamie can leave behind. Your behind. I will absolutely leave Jamie behind. <laughs> There's no Jamie can't dance. Jamie doesn't dance. Uh, I'm not going to be held. Yeah, sure. What'd you say? I'm still not sure. I'm not dancing for Chase Edmonds yet. No, we should. I was just. I was really Monty dancing Moore's for his usage. Has worried me more than the James Conner injury has excited me. Rondell Moore is DeAndre Hopkins hasn't played. AJ Green I don't hasn't know. played. I don't know if Rondell Moore is going to be the starter. I th- I don't know for sure either. I think they're going to scheme him touches though. Yeah, and it's the types of plays that Chase Edmund that are good for Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I just everything I've seen has suggested that Christian Kirk is still the the starting slot, but in the preseason. With no Hopkins around, he's played every snap, I think, outside. So I'm they play more for a wide receiver than any team in the league. They'll probably do it even more this year now that they don't really have a a viable tight end receiver option. So I'm not sure where that where I'm at on that yet. Ridiculous. No way. I am allowed. No way. I make a I make a call on James Conner months ago. I changed my mind. I am allowed to be excited about Chase Edmonds. Bottom line is I'm higher on Chase Edmonds than anyone on the show. So that that gives me the dancing opportunity. Chris nope. just said he had him run, running back 22. You've got Chase Edmonds higher than running back 22? I don't know. 22? I don't have rankings, but probably. <laughs> but, like, who do you have ahead of? You know, I will say, this is my first year doing football rankings. It's so much easier to do that when you don't have rankings. And you can say, everyone's too low on this guy. And you don't have to put your guy out there. My gut is that, no, I would not have him at that high. Oh, so you're calling me stupid. <laughs> Let me see. 22. Oh, J- Dave has him at 22. There you go. He'd be he'd be right around. I think he'd be like twenty four. I would probably take <laughs> you hate you hate Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Wow, you are no longer the Chase, Chase Edmonds, Edmonds guy, sucks, I'm, dude. I'm all about James Conner again. All right, uh, Antonio Brown up seven spots to hundred and fifth overall. Is he a top one hundred? Let's go through these quick. Is Antonio Brown a top one hundred pick for you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he might be just outside for me. Would you rather have? Antonio Brown or Corey Davis, who's actually one of the biggest risers in the world right now? Uh, Davis. Uh, Antonio Brown. And yeah, Corey Davis should be because he was in like round 15. He's risen 30 spots, and I think he's still in round 10. But yeah, I I would rather have Antonio Brown. Um, I'm just not sure that Davis is going to dominate targets like this in the regular season when Elijah Moore is there and he's actually facing number one corners. Okay, and Herb Smith is up 12 spots to 114th overall. Jamie, where's Herb Smith? You 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 like Herb Smith. You uh you dance for Herb Smith. Yeah, top 50 overall is where he should go. Um <laughs> uh again, you know, I I think he's going to have a chance to be a significant red zone threat and uh I I'll, I'll continue to say, you know, a bold prediction is he's going to score 10 plus touchdowns. So, um 
I like what I saw in the in the four games that Kyle Rudolph missed last season. I, I like the way that Kirk Cousins has leaned on his tight ends in the red zone during his time there. Um, you know, the volume concerns are, are certainly valid, and I don't think he's going to be as good in PPR as a non-PPR. But I, I think, uh, you know, if, if he gets to that 10-touchdown threshold, you're looking at a better version of Robert Tunyon. Um, I, I, where, do, where is he now? 114th overall, or, yeah, Irv Smith. I hate that. Way too high. I've, yeah, got, one, him, I've got him 115th overall. <laughs> one thing I, I'll say is, you know, if you're drafting Irv Smith, you should do so with the at least thought that you might not be able to rely on him all season. But one reason to draft him it does sound like Tyler Conklin may not be available for at least the for at least week one, if not longer. He's dealing with like an upper leg injury, so you know that could help him. Yeah, because Conklin had the same very similar amount of targets in those four games without Kyle Rudolph last year. And would you, you say it's possible that Conklin could nerf Smith's value when he returns? Man, I was supposed to say that once a show, and I didn't haven't said it zero times since since I learned about nerfing. Are you playing like Are you playing Call of Duty? What's going on? Where where did this get added? I, I don't even remember Heath. What was it? Somebody said it. I didn't. I'd never heard of it before. Someone said it. Adam had never heard it. And I explained to Adam what I do with my teenagers is when I hear a word like that and I really don't enjoy it, I just say it all the time until they hate it, and then nobody in the house says it. Yeah, that's got to be so frustrating because I know your kid's a big FPS guy, and that's like yeah a huge term. I have wow, ruined that's... many things for him. Um, <laughs> it's really great. It's the best part of having kids, probably. <laughs> Okay, Jamie, Jamal Williams is up 15 spots to 117th overall. Given DeAndre Swift's injury situation now, where do you think Jamal Williams should be going? This is a good range for him. You know, I, I think you just look at He was going to always play. Um, you had the, is he the one, the 1A, you know, whatever stupid thing they were saying at the beginning of the you know training camp. Um, he's not better than DeAndre Swift, but he may be more available than DeAndre Swift. And the latest report about Swift may, you know, not be up to full strength or, or maybe even miss week one should get you more excited about Jamal Williams. So he's proven at times to be a good fill in, but that was on a much better team. So if you're looking for a, you know, number four running back with, you know, potential flex opportunity with or without Deandre Swift on the field, I think he's in that range. And if Swift misses any time, then he's a borderline starter. I have the, I, I am the Deandre Swift lover. I am dancing for DeAndre Swift, and I have Jamal Williams 20 spots higher than this. Huh. Where do you have him at running back? Williams? Yeah. Uh, I think 34. Okay, yeah, I've got him at 33, so right around the same. Mm. Yeah, I'm at 30. I'm at uh, somewhere around You would have too. him around 50. <laughs> no, I, I. you know, I was going to take him in the IDP league. I kept waiting, and he he was there for so long. Somebody finally took him, but I just don't think he's very good. But I do see an opportunity for him to be very start-worthy. Not, not if Swift is healthy. But you've got to be a little concerned about that. Okay, ADP fallers. Hey, DeAndre Swift. He's down four spots. He's 33rd overall. Swift is behind J.K. Dobbins. He's still ahead of Chris Carson. Heath, uh, Chris, rather, I'm sorry. What do you think about those uh, rankings of it, it would be Dobbins, Swift, Carson? I think that's the right range. I actually would probably have Dobbins last out of that group. David Montgomery's right there with them as well in in ADP. Um, I think I would probably have Dobbins last and Swift second out of that group of four. Yeah, I I dropped Dobbins um, quite a bit just for injury concerns. I've got him all the way down to 30 now. 
Um, and I have him behind Chris Carson. So I think Carson should, Carson should go. You, ahead did of you mean him. Swift or Dobbins? Swift. Okay. Yeah, I've got him quite a ways ahead of Dobbins still in PPR. I didn't drop Dobbins. I just always had him in the fourth round. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I'm out on Swift at this price. At 33rd overall? Yeah. That's interesting. Got a lot of a lot of upside. He had almost 50 catches last year as a rookie. He has a lot of upside. He's on a team that's projected to win five games. He's got, you know, more competition for a pass catching running back than he had a year ago. He's dealing with a groin injury. There's just a lot of red flags for me. I will say like the five games thing doesn't bother me as much because he was so good on a per touch basis last year on a team that won five games. Yeah, it doesn't bother me if he's involved in the passing game. That's the thing. I mean, they, they, no, I, I, look, I, I hope he is. But, you know, at, at what point does this soft tissue injury become a problem again? You know, and, and teams are just saying, OK, we're going to dare Jared Goff to throw to TJ Hawkinson and Chris Heath and Adam at wide receiver. You know, that's basically what this receiving core looks like. Um, it's just it just feels like a bad setup all, all across the board. Well, the problem that I think you're going to run into is. If you're saying, all right, I'll take Dobbins ahead of him. Okay, fine, I'll take Carson's ahead of him. I'll take James Robinson. You'll take James Robinson ahead of him? I yes. would. Oh. Yeah. So, but once you get past that, now it's Jacobs, it's Sanders, it's Gaskin. Mike well, again, you're, you're talking about the, the position, which I get. You yeah. Know, so, depending on how you build your team, I'm taking receivers in that range. Fine, fine. But if you did want a running back, it's, I don't know, maybe it's hard to get him. I would rather, personally, pass and wait around and get Henderson or Edmonds or Harris. Edmonds. Interesting. Okay. Just kidding. I just, I love Chase Edmonds. No, he's in that range for me. I mean, you know, Chris has a 22, I have a 26. It's not like we're like that far off. Mark Andrews down you six. 40th, but you, you dancing. <laughs> I like a lot of running backs. What can I tell you? Yeah. You have James Conner, 39th. 39th. Yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews down six spots to 53rd overall. I think just people hate Heath. Swift can you, down. Wait, can you just, can you, can you just pull up the, the list and look at how many down arrows are next to the red injury tag? Because I think that's a correlation. Oh, okay. Like people see injuries and they get a little nervous. And Mark Andrews was like really scary for like 10 minutes. And if, if it still says ambulance in the... No, in there's the no tag. It doesn't have an now. injury tag. Oh, yeah. no tag anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, he did. I don't have an idea. He okay. did for a week. Yeah, yeah. he did. Okay. All right. So that probably explains it. But the tight end, you know, like Waller's moving up closer to Kittle, which is where he should be. But Pitts is, you know, around ahead of TJ Hawkinson. That's that's weird to me. Hawkinson's the one who stands out the most, I think. He does have a little red tag next to him, though. So. He, he, he's injured. Yeah. He's 65th. Pitts, AC Pitts and, uh, Pitts and Andrews have basically the same exact ADP. And Jamar Chase down five spots to 70th overall. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, first it was can't separate from defenders in practice. Then it was three drops. This is a big week for him because um, some positive reports coming out of how he's, you know, responded to this and the, and the drops. Uh, but if Joe Burrow is going to play in a preseason game and those two guys get a chance to hook up and you get to see what the connection that everybody's buying into, which is what you should be buying into then you'll be right back on board with Jamar Chase, I think, or at least most people will. I could see some potential gaskining for Jamar Chase. It's not going to take much for his ADP to shoot back up. Right. Yeah, I, 
I think the 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 one thing I would be worried about is just like they're starting to talk openly about like, well, we might manage his reps early on in the season as he gets up to speed. And, you know, they they really like Auden Tate. So there there has been some talk about that, that the coaching staff is like openly talking about, like not that they're going to bench him, but that he may be like a 65 percent snap share early on. But I don't think that's really like your expectation should be that he's not like a stud from week one. Your expectation should be that like we've seen with a lot of rookie wide receivers, it might take him a little while to get going. It um, always does. Except for yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was this same talk with Justin Jefferson during the preseason last year. Oh, he, he was, he was not a starter. Oh, BC Johnson was the talk of right, training. Thank you. Great this point. Time a year ago. Great point. I just think some players are just going to end up being great values. If you're just a little bit patient, just because you drafted him as one of your first two or three receivers, it doesn't mean you have to start him, you know? Right. So just take the talent. And I, I kind of feel the same way about Michael Carter. I, I don't, I know Heath doesn't feel like the way I do because he doesn't see the same upside in terms of carries and total touches. But I still think Michael Carter, you know, if you can get him in the eighth round or something like that, because people say, oh, three headed monster, he might be useless for a month. But I definitely could see him being at at worst a flex for mu- always, much of the rest of the There's always the risk season. that people will drop him there, though. That's always the concern. And like, he was the fourth running back taken this year. But the the history of running backs after pick 100, your expectation should be that they don't do anything as a rookie and very rarely become viable starters. Um. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted by something. Jamie had a hop off. That's what I got distracted by for HQ. And we will continue. The last faller is just, yeah, makes sense. Jared Cook. I don't know why he's falling, but he's falling. He's down seven spots. He's now just behind Irv Smith at 115th overall. Jared Cook might be someone that, being drafted as a top 12 tight end, we have maybe said 12 words about Jared Cook. For, you know, over the last few months. <laughs> I don't even I would barely That might be to- an indictment of us, though. Maybe. We've seen him like they're if they're installing the Saints offense like that, you know, it sounds like they are very similar. I, We've seen I him be very good in this offense. I don't care. I don't if if they're installing the Saints offense and the plan is to throw him four targets per game and he's going to score 10 touchdowns. I'm not going to draft him and I'll be wrong again. I'm not doing this. And I know that I said this at the beginning of last year, there's no way he's going to have 65 targets and score eight touchdowns again, and he did it two years in a row. I don't buy it. Also, I think that Donald Parham might be um, the Chargers' best tight end. There's been, yeah, there's been some talk about that in, in camp as well. Yeah, and even if Jared Cook plays, Heath, that doesn't par him from contributing another weight. I, I don't know. I was trying to do a Heath there, like bar him from, yeah, you know, I tried. Heath, ADP on other websites. What can you tell us? Uh, this is something I've been extensively researching over the past week just to get ready for this show. We so can do this on a different episode if you'd like. Fifth minute. Uh, no, it's what I did the first 15 minutes when I wasn't talking on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Y- Yahoo and ESPN. Um, I've, I will write about this and it will be on the site, but just a few highlights, things I like, things I don't like. It's too bad Jamie had to leave because on ESPN, the I really don't like Saquon Barkley at number six overall. Makes it much easier for me to write about him as a bust when he's number six than when he's number 13 on our site. Um, but he's, he's second round Saquon for me. <laughs> um, my, the other four that I really don't like on ESPN, Mike Evans at 33. 
Uh, we'll skip this one. Odell Beckham at 63, so early round six. And let me just tell you, on, yeah. on CBS, Odell Beckham is 88th. That's, that's where he should be. Yeah. Yeah, I've got him 103rd, but and Logan Thomas at 66. I like Logan Thomas. I am not going to draft wow. him in the sixth round. Yeah, 66. Oh, like where's wow. where are like Hawkinson and, and Andrews going? Listen, I can't be answering all these questions. I only have <laughs> the ones that I wrote down during the beginning of the show. <laughs> uh, Beckham, actually, I just recorded an episode of Fantasy Football Today in Five. It will air on Sunday with Jacob Gibbs. We did a Beckham breakdown. It's good stuff there. What else? What else is, do you got? Is Gibbs more optimistic about Beckham? He would take Beckham in the top 70. Okay. Yeah. So there he He, he yeah. drafts on ESPN. Obviously. <laughs> um, players being drafted after Odell Beckham on ESPN. How about this run to start round seven? Miles Gaskin at 73rd overall. Robbie Anderson at 74th. Chase Claypool at 75th. Mike Davis at 76. Wow, Mike Davis. <laughs> I don't know what world... I, this is not a criticism of ESPN, by the way. It's not like it's it's their fault. or anything. I'm just saying I can't imagine I blame a world... Them. <laughs> I mean, even Brandon Cooks is, ahead, is, is behind Odell Beckham. I'd rather have Beckham. <laughs> You'd rather have Beckham than or Cooks? Have Cooks, sorry. Yeah. That's really close. If I, uh, it's not that close to me. No, I don't see Cooks having a ton of upside, but he's much safer than Beckham. But but yeah, fine. But but Davis in the seventies, that would be that would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um four more on ESPN that are good that are a little later. Damian Harris is eighty-eighth overall, so a uh, round eight pick. Devin Singletary at the end of round twelve, pick one forty three. I love that. Terrace Marshall and Giovanni Bernard are both outside the top two hundred mm. in ADP on ESPN. And you- ESPN's full PPR is their standard setting. So can you do a control? Geo at 217. Can you do a little control F for someone or not? Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Adam. I just want to know where James White is going. Um, yeah, I'll look. I've, uh, I've got 40, 48 at RB 162.6 ADP. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be 60 picks ahead of Geo or whatever it was, 50 picks, right? Yeah, I'll uh, still I'll good throw out a couple on ESPN. Adam Thielen's wide receiver 16. That is. Wild. He was the one I skipped that I had as a bad ADP. Yes. Yeah. He's four picks ahead of Julio Jones and eight picks ahead of Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup. That's there's DJ man. DJ Moore is 17 picks after him. There is no world in which that makes sense. Uh, Yahoo is half PPR. There are a lot more good values that I found. The ones I don't like, J.K. Dobbins is 26th. C.D. Lamb is 35th. Um, I'm not even. I I think everybody's overreacting about. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if people I, are overreacting about Dobbins. I haven't but changed Dobbins at all. Half PPR, 26th overall. So that's your third pick. You know, you start Camara, Jefferson, Dobbins. Like, I'd be fine with that in half PPR. No way would I take him that early in full PPR though. Uh, Lamb is 35th. That's one that probably makes more sense in PPR than half PPR. Um, but I just not taking CD Lamb in round three. I'd rather take Amari Cooper. Um, Kyle Pitts is a fourth rounder on Yahoo. Tyler Higby is the Logan Thomas of Yahoo. Higby has an ADP of 65th. Wow. <laughs> Fifth yep. pick of round six. Man, Noah Fant is tight end 10 on Yahoo right now. Behind Robert Ro- Tunyon, who is Tunyon the first and Dallas pick of Goddard. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ronald Logan Jones. Thomas is 11. Yeah, sorry. 
Yes. Uh, Ronald Jones is a, a sixth round pick on Yahoo. <laughs> the only site that I've seen where Jones is ahead of Fournette, and I do have Jones ahead of Fournette, but yeah. I don't have either one of them in my first eight rounds. Um, the good values are more fun. I wrote about Jacoby Myers today as they, one of my deep sleepers on every team, and I always choose players outside of the top 180 in ADP. And I, Logan, Jacoby Myers' ADP is not moving. On CBS, he's 149, and he's not a riser. On Yahoo, he's 184. <laughs> I'm surprised it's that high. <laughs> you guys like uh, Jacoby Myers or Marquez Callaway? Myers. Callaway for me. Um, others. Give me the guy with Jameis throwing to him, you know? Yeah, yeah. You mean the defensive uh, for at least back? four weeks. Um, oh, you mean Thomas? Is that a Michael yeah. Thomas? Wrote? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's mostly the wide receivers. It must be a two-wide receiver setup over on Yahoo. But um, Jamar Chase Claypool is even, or Jamar Chase is a uh, pick seventy-eight in round seven. Juju is pick ninety-one. Mm. Um, Michael Thomas is pick ninety-five. Jerry Judy, Dave's He's uh, going down the list. <laughs> Dave's third-round pick, Jerry Judy, is uh, pick ninety-nine. I wow. tried to find a couple of running backs value I liked. I like Kenyon Drake at uh, pick 120, the end of the 10th round. I like Jamal Williams at pick 138. Um, LaVisca Chenault, 153. Yeah. Ooh. Marvin Jones, 174. Who do you like better? Um, I like Chenault better, and at that range, I don't know that the 20 picks matter. No, it doesn't. Sure. Yeah, so it seems like if you're playing on Yahoo, unless, again, we don't know the specifics of the ADP. Maybe this is for two receiver leagues and you're going to play in a three-receiver league or something like that, but good value at wide receiver very late. It's a fun set. I always enjoy this segment, Heath, because it's the, it's the work you put in, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, like I, I spend countless hours researching this to bring you all the best content, and I just appreciate everyone that's still listening because Adam always puts this segment in the 55th minute. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, people, you don't know this, but people actually in new podcast trend, people listen to the end of the show first. Mm. Uh, so that's why I did this for you. Yeah. You know, Maybe some next people year listen to Chris write the article and you could promote it a little bit. <laughs> Chris will ghostwrite it for you. What? I always promote stuff that you, you heard write. it here first, folks. Chris Towers, the star of fantasy football. Today. I always promote things that you write. I did that for the baseball show. I did that for the football show. I always, and I never promote things that Dave, Jamie, or Heath write. I don't know why. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll come back tomorrow with a mailbag. Fantasy football at cbsi.com and Apple Podcast Reviews as well. And yes, St. Jude.org slash come on. St. Jude.org slash draftathon to donate to play poker. St. Jude.org slash draftathon. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 